Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. We've been looking for the last several weeks at this idea of living an all-in life, what that looks like mechanically, what it looks like spiritually. And today, our example is going to be the Apostle Peter. He was uh, probably the least politically correct guy you've ever known. Um, in fact, our culture calls it political correctness. It's really cultural intimidation is what it is. Peter lived an all-in life, and we'll look at four different passages today that draw us to, to that conclusion. If you want to turn with me, the first one is in Matthew chapter 14. We're going to get, be looking at verses 25 to 33, together from Matthew 14. It's this story of Jesus walking on the water. Join with me, picking up in verse 25. It says, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. And Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. And when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? When he climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Peter um, never lacked zeal. He never lacked, he never lacked fortitude. He never lacked desire. He was always on the forefront of stepping into whatever's next. And here, here's a great example of that. We see from this text, first of all, that Peter wanted an all-in experience. He wanted an all-in experience. Look with me uh, again. At, at, uh, verse 28 said, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. If it's you, well, he just said it's him. <laughs> he just said, it is I, take courage. Lord, if it's you, so here's Peter's skepticism uh, and fear. In fact, fear has a way of skewing everything in our life away from the truth. It has a way of causing us to look at, at circumstances in a much different light because we're afraid or because we're fearful or because we're anxious of, of the unknown. So here's Peter here, part zeal, part fear, wanting to experience the same thing Jesus is experiencing. And so even in skepticism, and in some level of immaturity as well. Peter wanted to experience the same thing Jesus was experiencing to walk on where he was walking. Uh, many of us believe the lie from the enemy that says, the more you know about him, the more you'll experience of him. And while that's a good formula for, to grow, we do need to know more about him and, and, and search the scriptures and put our faith to the test. The problem with that is we're all waiting on an arrival point where we've arrived. And we'll tell you, the enemy, the enemy will see to it that, that that never occurs with you if he can. He'll see to it that that's, it's always around the next corner, always around the next experience, always around the next verse you've memorized, the next thing you've accomplished spiritually in your walk. He'll never let you get to a point of arrival if he can help it. 
and that's that whole idea is, is from hell anyway. It should smell like smoke to us, but even in immaturity and skepticism, we see that in verses 30 and 31. In, in, in his immaturity and his skepticism, Peter gets out of the boat in the middle of a windstorm, willing to risk his life to experience the same thing Jesus was experiencing. That's an all-in life. That's an all-in experience. That's an all-in desire that he had. Now, that's story number one. Turn to Matthew chapter 17, over a few pages, if you will, in the scripture, and we're going to look at verses 1 to 7 of Matthew 17. Another encounter here. It says, after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led him up high on a mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then, there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I'll put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, <clears throat> whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell uh, face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When, when they looked up, they saw no one there except Jesus. This was an all-in moment. Peter witnessed an all-in moment. He wanted an all-in experience, but he witnessed an all-in moment. He says, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Listen to, uh, to verse 4 in the message translation. It says, Peter broke in. Master, this is a great moment. What would you think if I built three memorials here on the mountain? One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Uh, Peter was, as I say, had more zeal than, than maturity in this situation as he did in most situations. Uh, he, sometimes he opened his mouth and insert foot like you and I do sometimes. This was a, a telling moment in Peter's experience in his walk. What he's really doing has less to do with building structures and more to do with trying to capture and bottle that moment. Have you ever tried to do that for yourself? Been at a conference, a, a retreat, a camp setting, a, a revival service, a church service, and you tried to capture that moment and bottle it so you could open it up and experience it again? Um, I tried to do that myself as well. This is one of those one of those times when I did that. conference I attended in Nashville at Bridgestone Arena. Uh, several thousand men in, in that setting <clears throat> in worship of the Lord that day. As I tried to capture that, uh, to re-listen to, and I, I go back and listen to that occasionally, to remind me of that, of that experience <clears throat> of living in and walking through a holy moment in a holy place. 
many times we, we all have tried to do that before and, and we don't want to, to we don't, don't want it to escape, don't want it to stop. Uh, and sometimes that's an immature reaction, sometimes it's not. But it was for Peter because he, he says, let me build three temples here, three structures. Lord Jesus, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And all he was doing was trying to capture that, trying to keep it, trying to, trying to hold it in place to where he could, could not have to let it go because he, he knew he was experiencing something supernatural in, in a transfigured place. He was having an experience of doing his best to be all in with it. He was, he was fully involved. If you like Firehouse, I like Firehouse subs. Club on a sub is what I recommend to you. But I get mine fully involved every time. Lady that takes the word says, you want it fully involved? I said, absolutely. Everything but your dish right. And so I get it all the way in every time. That, that, was, that was Peter's experience. He was trying to capture that all-in moment so he could live it and relive it again and again. Uh, he, is, he did that somewhat in immaturity, and yet it was a great learning experience for him as well. Immaturity looks at those kind of situations, uh, looks, looks at that moment and tries to capture it, tries to keep it. Maturity realizes there's probably another one around the corner if I'll just keep walking. If I'll just keep walking, just keep growing, just keep following him. Those, those kinds of experiences can be experienced again and again. We experience the supernatural through the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that, that knits our hearts to his word and to that moment, to that experience. Uh, and you, you hopefully have all been in those moments, hopefully here from time to time, been in those moments where <coughs> where God shows up. And he's in a place so thick you can cut it with a knife. I hope you've been there before. Those are supernatural moments. Those are God moments, Holy Spirit moments that we experience. And, um, and it's good to remember those. It's good to, to revisit those from time to time again and, and seek those at every opportunity that the body's together in worship, that the body's together in praise, the body's together in, in a time of growth in his word with the spirit. And that's what Peter was trying to do there. He witnessed an all-in moment and he didn't want to didn't want to leave it, wanted to capture it and keep it, lock it away and experience it again and again. Well, he wanted an all-in experience. He witnessed an all-in moment. Turn, if you will, to John chapter 13. And we're going to see here from this text, Peter lived an all-in attitude. He lived with an all-in attitude. Verses 4 to 9 of John chapter 13 says, So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, do you not realize what I'm doing? Or you do not realize what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, Peter said, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Peter, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Uh, John Legend wrote the song we just listened to as we started the message, All to Me. That's, that's what Peter was trying to experience here in, in this foot washing uh, opportunity. He says, um, if that's it, 
If you're saying that's, my, that's the vehicle, that's the pathway to my experiencing all of you, then don't just look at my feet. Give the head, give me a bath. Give me heads, hands, everything you can wash. I want, I want to know you. I want to experience you. I don't want a partial experience, a partial walk, a partial knowledge. I want it all. In fact, Peter was always looking for more. On the water, in the boat, he was looking for more. On the mountain that we just read about, he's looking for more. Here's another situation where he's looking for more. This is an obvious more moment uh, that he wasn't about to let pass by. Uh, what Peter lacked in appropriateness, he more than made up for with passion and more than made up for with his attitude. Listen to Ephesians 4, to 24. It says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, he says. The church needs to find that passion again because there's far more for us to do. There's far more people to reach. There's more of him to experience. Uh, there's more of him to live, to know, and to share, and to love. But it's going to take an all-in attitude for the body to experience that and walk in that place. He witnessed an all-in moment, wanted an all-in experience, and lived with an all-in attitude. Finally, Peter experienced an all-in restoration. Turn to John chapter 21. This passage speaks of his all-in restoration. I love this story. In fact, I've written a song about it and preached about it in several different other contexts. But, uh, in addition to today's, but Peter 21, 15 to 17 tells the story of Peter's restoration. He says, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord. He said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus had asked him a third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. You know everything. He said, you know that I love you. You know the good and the bad Peter was saying here. He was reeling after his denial and was whipping himself about that, I'm sure, in these three questions. Jesus makes this a teachable moment. Uh, having learned what can happen when we give in to fear, Peter's, Peter's ashamed of himself. But he doesn't miss the lesson here. He doesn't miss his teachable moment. These three questions, three questions, of course, correlate with Peter's three denials. And on the third question, he finally gets it. Oh, this is what this is about. So he, he, he has those, those reminders of his denials. Uh, God wants to use those, those kinds of encounters, those reminders for our good and for his glory. He reminded Peter of who he used to be. He says in verse 17, Simon, son of John, not Peter, not Petros, not the rock on which I'm going to build a New Testament church, but Simon, son of John. Do you love me more than these? In essence, is this really what you want? You want to go back to fishing? I called you to fish for men, and here you are in a boat with these friends. You want to go back to fish? You want to go back to this, your old vocation? You want to go back to the comfort? You want to go back to the known? Is that really what you want? You've experienced an, an incredible amount. You, you've walked on the water, Peter. You, you've seen me transfigured on a mountain. Uh, I've washed your feet. 
at the last, around the table at the last supper, you've experienced so much of me. Is this really what you want to go back to? You want to revert back to that, to the known, to the comfort? Uh, he's, he's trying to pe- teach Peter a lesson here, and, and who, but for the grace of God, would, would have been in the same place. He says, do you love me more than these, these things, these trappings, these, these things that, you, that you've known? And finally, he is called to feed my sheep, to, to be a discipler, to be one who takes others into a deeper place. And uh, he, Peter gets it. He understands that. And Jesus follows up in verse 19 by saying, Jesus said to him, follow me. Follow me, Peter. Follow, be an image of me. Walk in my likeness. Why? Because you can't focus on you and me at the same time. Follow me, Peter. Peter experienced an all-in restoration, and God restores him here in this moment, in this conversation. It's, a, it's an intimate and deep connection between those, those two, and Peter gets that. He understands that. So what's the takeaway today? The takeaway is this. Peter lacked the pedigree, he lacked the knowledge, and he lacked the polish. Put another way, he wasn't from anywhere, didn't know anything, and didn't come across very well. I've known people, in fact, I resemble that sometimes myself. Don't come across very well, don't have the pedigree, don't know a lot. But that was Peter's situation. But that's not the end end of Peter's story. The rest of the story is he was an undeniable example of what God can do with an all-in life. An undeniable example of what God can do with an all-in life. He became the catalyst to the early church and to the church planting of Paul, of Barnabas, of Silas, and of Mark. Uh, he was an integral part in, 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 in Greeks uh, being shared the gospel as he went to the house of Cornelius, had a vision on top of Cornelius, roof of Cornelius' house, and takes the message of the Gentiles, uh, becomes, as I say, the catalyst for that. And in fact, we're likely not assembled here today were it not for Peter, because God told him, I'm, I'm going to build a New Testament church on you, Peter, and Pentecost was the catalyst for that. Pentecost was the, the spark that got, got the New Testament church going and because people left that place and went back to their place to start new churches and, and to keep the, keep the faith moving in, in wherever they came from. As I said, he was about the least politi- politically correct uh, person. He was inappropriate but in his situation about a lot of things and how he, how he handled himself, how he came across but he had a passion that the church needs to regain. He had a passion that you and I need to learn to model and feed on and feed after. He was hungry. He was zealous. Couldn't get enough. Uh, awkward from time to time, yeah. Inappropriate from time to time, probably. But he couldn't get enough. And the church needs to find that place. And in, in in this place needs to find that place of... of Revisiting again our hunger, our passion, our, what, what, what is God about in us? What's he doing in us? What's he stirring in us? And we need to revisit that and find that because Peter knew that. Uh, he'd walk some unusual places with Jesus and experiences some unusual things. And he's the most unlikely person of the 12 to say, the New, the, the New Testament church is going to exist because of your efforts. He's the least guy I would have picked to do that. Uh, but that's who God picked. That's who he uses. And, and his message at Pentecost is, is incredible. 
I encourage you to go back and reread that sometime. But Pentecost becomes a catalyst for the fact that you and I are gathered together today in this place. So it was worth it. It was worth whatever it cost him to, to experience the things he experienced and see a side of God, of Jesus, that he would never seen otherwise. We need that, we need that kind of all-in life as well. Let's pray. Father, would you stir in each of us the desire to hate mediocrity, to despise mediocrity in our faith, to never accept complacency and never accept a place of comfort because you're constantly stirring in us, stirring the pot, moving us from the comfortable place to the, the place where you get the most glory out of us, to where you can use us for your glory, the place to where we're seen not as just an also-ran or not as a part of the crowd, but we're seen as someone who is all in, someone who has invested, someone who, is, who understands the truth, is walking in it, living it, learning it, sharing it with others. Today in this place, would you stir our hearts to not just experience Peter's all-in moments, but to desire those for ourselves, realizing that we can't bottle it, we can't contain it. But when we experience you, all of you, we should anticipate that again and again and again because you're God and you want to so show up supernaturally in our, in our life over and over again, day after day, in story after story, in situation after situation. And certainly in this place when we gather together to lift up and exalt your name, you're in our presence, in our midst. We want to stir our hearts every time we meet. So would you teach us how to worship all in? How to walk all in? How to look through an all-in lens at this world, seeing that we're not from here anymore. We trust you as our Savior. We're from someplace else. And our goal is not to fit in here and find comfort here. Our goal is to walk with you, which isn't very politically correct. Sometimes it isn't very palatable to, to this, this culture. But it's what you call us to do and be. It's how you call us to love. It's how you call us to serve, to be all in. That all we are and all we have, all we know, all we want is yours. We thank you and pray that you stir that in us tomorrow and the next day and the next. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.